What is going on, mere mortals, my wonderful podcast listeners? This is your Captain John Solo checking in to give you the rundown on what exactly is going on with this episode, because it's not like any I've posted in the past. I'll try to keep this brief. I've been working on part two of the messed up origins of Brave for a little while, but this week I stumbled on some pretty messed up behind the scenes details at the last minute, and I just couldn't leave those out of the episode, so I needed some extra time to do that story justice. However, I didn't want to leave you all with nothing this week either, so I thought it'd be cool to make a compilation of the Disney shorts I've been posting to social media and YouTube these past few months. So far, I have not been posting them on podcast platforms because I don't want to spam you all with downloads that are only a minute long, but every one is full of the same messed up details that you listen to the deep dives for, so I still wanted to share them with you somehow, and a compilation seems like the best way to do that. If you do want to watch these shorts complete with the visual aids that were intended, you you can still find them on YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and even Facebook. Links to all those pages are in the description for those of you who can't get enough. Enough of my pontificating, though, eh? Let's dive into the messed up origins of 10 Disney movies. Number 1. Meg, I would never, ever hurt you. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that, Wonder Boy, because while Disney's Hercules may have never hurt Megara, the guy he was based on sure did. See, in the original mythology, Hera was hell-bent on making Heracles rue the day his father cheated on her, because somehow that was his fault. And to get revenge, she cursed the hero with such insane rage that he actually killed his wife Megara and their children. The poet Seneca said that Hercules grabbed one son by the arm and swung him around like a ball and chain, smashing him to a bloody pulp. Then he shot his other son with an arrow and crushed Megara's head with his club. Apollodorus claims that he threw Megara, their two sons, and his nephews into a fire. But the darkest one has to be by Euripides, who wrote a passage where Hercules' son begs for his life before being pierced by one of his father's arrows. As morbid as this is though, I've gotta admit, it's kinda funny to me that in the Disney movie, he literally says, Meg, I would never, ever hurt you. Number two, Maui kills Moana in the original myth. I just thought you should know that. Well, okay, that's not totally true. Moana from the movie is a completely original character. However, she does share a name with a Polynesian water goddess called Moana Nui Kalahua, who could take the form of a fish or mermaid. The legend goes that one day Maui was fishing in Moana's domain, which she didn't appreciate. And because she's a troublemaker like him, she tries to pull a prank on him by taking his magical fish hook and sticking it into a submerged rock. Well, after Maui realized what happened, he was furious and not one to be out pranked, he pursued Moana in revenge. After catching up to the goddess, he grabbed her by her tail and pulled her onto the shore where she slowly but surely suffocated and died. Yeah, if you thought Maui was mean for throwing Moana in the ocean, then I wouldn't dig deeper into the mythology because Maui kills Moana in the original myth. I just thought you should know that. Number three. Disney villains have a reputation for being killed in astonishingly brutal ways, but they've got nothing on the fairy tales that inspired them. Take Snow White's evil queen as an example. She tries pushing a boulder down a slope to crush the dwarves who are pursuing her, but she's apparently having such a blast while doing it that she can't help but laugh like a maniac. This gives Zeus the perfect opportunity to intervene. He strikes the cliff she's standing on, sending her falling to her death below, followed by the boulder to smush out what life is left. 
Now that's pretty dark, but quick and painless compared to her fairy tale counterpart. In the Grimm Brothers version, the evil queen actually attends the prince's wedding, but she doesn't know it's Snow White he's marrying. And the moment she arrives, she's seized by guards who strap red-hot iron shoes to her feet. Then, in front of all the wedding guests, she was ordered to dance in said shoes until her body couldn't take the pain anymore and she dropped dead. See what I mean? Disney villains have a reputation for being killed in astonishingly brutal ways, but they've got nothing on the fairy tales that inspired them. Number 4 Disney's Tangled is nowhere near as dark and twisted as the Grimm Brothers fairy tale that inspired it, but you'd be surprised how much they have in common. In Tangled, Old Mother Gothel uses the flower's healing powers to keep herself young until the flower is used by the royal family to heal the pregnant queen. In the original Rapunzel, her mother wasn't a dying queen, but she was having pregnancy cravings for a plant called a rampion, which their next-door neighbor, the witch, had a garden full of. The witch busted the husband when he tried to steal the plant and made him swear to give her his baby as repayment. While in the movie, Gothel outright abducted Rapunzel because the healing powers had been transferred to her hair. And ironically, in the movie, Rapunzel's hair being cut leads to Gothel's demise, but in the fairy tale, Gothel cuts it herself as punishment for Rapunzel having a male visitor, and then she abandons her in the desert to die alone and pregnant. There's more to the story than that, though. Just look up the messed up origins of Tangled on YouTube to hear the rest. Number 5 We've all seen Disney movies where true love's kiss is the key to conquering evil, but Disney has been lying to you. In the fairy tales that inspired their films, the solutions are far more random and usually pretty messed up. For instance, in the story that inspired Sleeping Beauty called Sun, Moon, and Talia, there's no heroic prince who slays a dragon and rescues the princess. Instead, there's a king who forces himself on Sleeping Beauty while she's unconscious, impregnates her, then, after she gives birth in her sleep, one of the twins tries to nurse from her finger and sucks out the splinter from the cursed spinning wheel. In the Grimm Brothers Snow White, the prince falls in love with her corpse and buys it off the dwarves. Then, a few weeks later, one of the prince's servants gets tired of hauling the coffin around, so he opens it up and takes out his frustration by smacking Snow White in the back dislodging the poison apple that was stuck in her throat. The best example might be the Frog Prince story, though. In the original tale, the princess doesn't kiss the frog to break the spell. She actually throws him against the wall. And in another version, she literally chops off his head. what I tell ya? We've all seen Disney movies where true love's kiss is the key to conquering evil, but Disney has been lying to you. Number 6 the Hunchback of Notre Dame is one of Disney's darkest animated movies, but the story it was based on is straight up depressing. For starters, we get more details about Quasimodo's condition and learn that he's blind in one eye due to a wart growing over it, has red sores all over his face, a hump growing out of his back and chest, and he's almost completely deaf from ringing the church bells. Just like in the movie, he falls in love with a gypsy named Esmeralda after she rescues him from a public beatdown, but her heart is also pursued by Quasimodo. Quasimodo's caretaker Frollo, and Captain Phoebus. This love triangle falls apart a bit differently in the book, though. Out of jealousy, Frollo tries to murder Captain Phoebus and then frames Esmeralda for it. Phoebus survives, but Esmeralda is still sentenced to death which ultimately leads to her being hanged in front of the church, to the horror of the hunchback. Heartbroken and enraged, Quasimodo throws Frollo off the church balcony and then disappears from the public eye forever. Then, years later, a gravedigger discovered his skeleton curled around Esmeralda's. I wasn't lying to you. The Hunchback of Notre Dame is one of Disney's darkest animated movies, but the story it was based on is straight up depressing. Number 7 
If you watched Tarzan as a kid, I have no doubt the image of Clayton's hanging body is burned into your memory, but the original Tarzan story is even more savage and there's no happy ending. Besides for Clayton, ironically. For instance, remember the sweet gorilla named Kala who adopts Tarzan after the leopard eats her baby? Well, in the book, she fatally drops her baby while trying to escape a rampaging Kerchak, and it was Kerchak who killed Tarzan's father, not the leopard. But it gets worse because a few decades later, she she gets killed by a tribe of cannibals, and after she's gone, the male gorillas who saw Tarzan as a threat attack him and drive him out of the community. It's at this point that Tarzan meets the human explorers, Jane Porter, her father, and William Cecil Clayton. This Clayton isn't nearly as big of a jerk, but he is still Tarzan's competition for Jane's heart. And he ends up winning that competition. It turns out that Clayton is Tarzan's cousin, and when Tarzan's parents died, he inherited all of their riches. So when he and Jane escape Africa, he uses those riches to establish their life in the new world and leave Tarzan behind. There's way more to the story than that though. To hear all the juicy details about his one-on-one -on -one duels with gorillas and where he got his loincloth, just search for the messed up origins of Tarzan on YouTube. Number eight. Did you know that Cinderella slippers may have originated from a horrifying Chinese practice called foot binding? You see, the glass slippers were an invention by French author Charles Perrault. And to those already typing out comments to inform me that glass was a mistranslation and that Perrault actually meant fur slippers, don't bother. That is a demonstrably false theory conjured up by French author Honoré de Balzac in the 1800s. More than a thousand years before Perrault's version was published, there was a Chinese story about Ye Shen, who attends the the emperor's ball in elaborate garments and loses one of her golden slippers while escaping. In this tale, a king becomes enamored with the shoe, not because he saw Ye Shen at the ball, but solely due to its small size. Having small feet was a sign of feminine beauty in Chinese culture, and this beauty standard led to a disgusting and painful practice called foot binding, where young girls' feet were wrapped up tightly to warp their shape. European variants of the Cinderella story usually entail her losing a ring instead of a shoe, which is why I believe that Perot was directly inspired by Ye Shen and her impossibly small feet. Number nine. If Disney stayed true to the OG Aladdin story, you would find he and Jasmine's relationship creepy, not cute. Found in the 1001 Nights collection, Aladdin and the Wonderful Lamp tells the story of a lazy loser named Aladdin who lucks his way into finding a magical lamp with a genie inside it. One day, the Sultan of Aladdin's country announces that his daughter is going to the bathhouse and that everyone needs to stay inside and close their shutters. While Aladdin disregards this command and takes it upon himself to spy on the princess as she bathes. After seeing her wet naked bod, the princess was all Aladdin could think about. But one night, after learning she was engaged, he used his genie to strand her fiance outside in the desert cold while he crawled under the covers with a girl who was frozen with fear. This traumatized her so badly that she couldn't even open her mouth to speak of the incident until her father threatened to behead her if she didn't tell him what was wrong. Yet still, she ends up marrying Aladdin somehow. If you want to hear all the details, just look up the messed up origins of Aladdin on YouTube. Number 10. If you read the original Peter Pan book as a child, you would never want to live in Neverland. In the Disney movie, Peter is portrayed as a forgetful but good-natured boy who's loyal to his friends, but in the book, he's a psychopathic dictator with no empathy whatsoever. His little gang, called the Lost Boys, are more like his prisoners, like they can only eat when Peter says they can, and sometimes he doesn't even feed them real food. He'll boil air in a pot, serve it on a plate, and stuff his face with his imagination while the rest 
rest of the kids have to play along or risk being punished, even if they're starving. That's not always a bad thing though, because Peter also assigns them tree holes to sleep in, and if they're too fat or too lumpy, he does some things to alter their shape. In other words, missing a random meal helped them avoid being carved up by Peter. But let's not forget the golden rule, no growing up. Whenever someone dares to mature, Peter quietly takes them aside and kills them. 